Hello, this is Stephen Keeler, and welcome back to my podcast, The Art and Science of Transformation. Today, we're going to continue with the reading of my best-selling book, Leap, But How Will I Live, Eat, or Pay for Gas? A Journey from Fear to Freedom. Chapter 11, The Importance of Gratitude and Being in the Moment. March 5th, 2004, Lack of Gratitude. This morning, I had a magnificent swim with the dolphins. We'd headed out with our boat captain friend Mitch and come across a large number of spotted dolphins. They're, they were so beautiful and very curious. They happened to be swimming through an area that was not very deep and the ocean floor was pure white sand. The brilliant sun shone through the crystal clear turquoise water and reflected off the ocean's floor. And in the midst of this, we swam with these amazing creatures. The dappled sunlight on their backs made these dolphins look electric. As I swam along, a spotted joined me on each shoulder, and I mean right next to me. As I looked to my right, I noticed out of the corner of my eye another one that was swimming right above me. It startled, it startled me they were so close. Obviously, they were doing this on purpose, and the message seemed to be, Closeness, harmony, connection, family, recognition, a spirit of camaraderie, as though they were saying, we're here, you are not alone, and yes, play and have fun, all is well. I'd been in their presence for hours. I felt like I was on cloud nine. Besides my own breath, in the background, I could hear the singing of the humpback whales. More and more, I had that serene, peaceful, everything is all right feeling that comes from being in tune with your deeper self, God, light, whatever name you give it. It felt like I was on the right track. Are you getting the picture? As we docked the boat and began to unload, a down mood suddenly swept over me. When I got in my car and left the marina, I felt the hopelessness sink in even more. A feeling of melancholy swept over me, making me even more downbeat. I was thinking, it's Friday night, I have no date, no girlfriend, no special thing to do tonight, nothing to look forward to. My mind had literally wandered off into fear and lack and away from the bright light of peace I'd been enjoying only minutes before. Not again. What in the hell is going on here? Fortunately, I was listening to an Abraham CD on my car stereo. Abraham is wisdom shared by Esther Hicks, a well-known healer. This particular lesson was about gratitude and how important but lacking it is in most people's lives. Gratitude is a state of mind. It is being thankful in all situations, even, quote, bad ones. It is keeping a vigilant eye out for the good. When we do not practice gratitude, we are simply sending out waves of energy, like slapping your hand on the ocean, that say, we don't, have, we don't have what we want, we aren't where we want to be, and we aren't who we want to be. When you practice gratitude, you send a confident signal that all is well, and the universe, or God or spirit, responds to this. Remember the smiling law, by sending back more all is well experiences. In other words, the outside matches the inside. What's more, not only do I feel better when practicing gratitude, 
but I also know that I'm actually propelling myself more rapidly toward that which I do want, which makes it easier to feel even more gratitude and in tune. Gratitude is the bottom line for creating and enjoying our own magnificence. And I don't want to forget, as the teachings of Abraham suggest, that the bad feelings I have are my guidance system's way of telling me I'm off track. Left to its own devices, my mind uses my deeply held beliefs based on the past to fashion my life. My old beliefs of lack and fear are what my mind seems to rely on, and if I don't pay attention, I unknowingly tend to create more of that in my life. You must be in charge of your mind. Ride herd on it. In the Silva Mind Control Method, author Jose Silva asserts that the mind is a powerful tool that we can control rather than allowing it to control us. I think I have adequately demonstrated what happens when one allows one's mind to run amok. Instead of living that way, I want to demonstrate more and more what happens when I choose to focus on gratitude and comfort with the unknown. Focusing on feelings of gratitude are a way of heading the wandering mind off at the pass. I'm learning that as soon as I feel a bad mood coming on, I can head it off by practicing gratitude, which then creates a momentum all its own. In my professional and personal experiences, I've learned that the mind can be a formidable foe. Yet with work, constant work, such as reminding ourselves of all the things we are grateful for, the mind can become a very useful, fun, powerful tool. March 7, 2004. Maybe there's no one. This is an email I sent a friend after receiving a very loving, supportive note from her. Hey, beautiful yourself. Last week, I threatened to move to Canada. And this week, I am again considering become a priest or monk. That feels like a great thing to do, studying God and then relating it to others. I'm really confused about my life right now. I have no relationship, and I'm afraid a lot, too. I'm afraid that maybe no one will love me again, at least the kind of person I like to be with. That means that it's all up to me to love me as deeply as I'd like to be loved by someone else, and I don't know if I can do that. I don't mean to dump on you. I'm hoping you would come for a visit. I'm ready to do some exploring now that I am home for a while. My energy has really been all over the place lately. It's like I know lots of things, but no one seems to want to know them or, or me. Well, as the Kabuna said, I need to take my own medicine. But what happens then? I sincerely hope you are well. Thank you for connecting with me. I do miss you. Love to your spirit greatness, Stephen. My confusion seems to revolve around my stated purpose in this experiment to prove that since I am God or connected to God that I can access the unlimited nature of all that is. But since I have let go of my job, house, everything, I feel I have no purpose, no worth in the world, which really freaks me out. And I so want to be with someone, but not just anyone. I want to be with a loving, kindred spirit. 
I keep forgetting that I have chosen a different path, one in which my mind has no control. March 17, 2004, A Laughing Matter A while back, Garfield had introduced me to a beautiful young local woman named Kay. I'd been asking her out for some time and finally hit pay dirt. This morning, she and I are going to swim for a swim in the bay, hoping to see the dolphins. Some of our mutual friends had told Kay that I was a, dolph, quote, dolphin magnet, and very much, and I very much want to impress her because I like her very much. Our clear intention is to swim with the dolphins. When we arrive at the bay, we don't immediately see any dolphins, but decide to swim out anyway, content with just soaking in the pristine sacred ocean. After a few minutes of just floating, Kay begins needling me. Dolphin magnet, huh? I don't see any dolphins. She giggles, and then we launch off into that kind of laughing that always got you into trouble at school. Remember? Your friend starts laughing, and then you both go into hysterical laughter, which you can't stop. And then when you do stop, you look over at your friend and immediately burst into uncontrollable laughter again. This goes on for five minutes. I'm crying from laughing so hard. About what, at this point, I'm not even sure. We are enjoying this deep belly laughing when, out of the corner of my eye, I see a bunch of dolphins not ten feet away. Ha! I see. I say, you see, I'm, I am the dolphin magnet. I am the man. We laugh more and more, and the dolphins just play and stay close to us for twenty minutes or more. What's the message? And yes, I'm all about the message. The message is this. When, he, when we are in joy, our dreams come true and quickly. And the opposite is also true. I've been on dolphin trips when the participants felt more fear than joy and we didn't see any dolphins. The fear outweighed the joy and the dolphins stayed away from the fear. We create whatever we put our energy towards. This swim is a perfect example of this. Kay and I could have been disappointed, but instead we were, we were enjoying ourselves, and then dolphins, our dream, came to us. And how? Coincidence? I don't think so. Coincidences are events outside our control. This situation was not that. March 18, 2004, Building a New Home Backwards. I haven't been able to reach Rosalani, my real estate project manager, for several days. We're now supposed to be well into the process of building a house on the first lot I purchased. But I've heard no news about any progress, aside from some modifications I'd asked to have made to the architect's original plans. Time is an important factor here. During the building phase, the bank that holds the construction loan generally gives you six months to get the house built. If you take longer than six months, the bank begins to penalize you with huge interest payments. I'd trusted Rosaloni to make sure everything was going smoothly, but I've heard nothing from her for quite a while. The whole idea for me is to be out of the, quote, loop with periodic reports from her. I'm out of the loop, yes, but... I'm not receiving any reports. Today is four months from the day the bank gave me the construction loan, in other words, two months to go, and the foundation hasn't even been poured. Since I haven't been able to reach Rosalani, 
I decide to take matters into my own hands. I go around her and call the contractor, whom I've never met. I want to review the modifications we've made to the house plans and generally see how we're progressing. I'm tired of sitting on my hands. My lot is on a hillside with a lovely view falling away down to the ocean. Uphill from my building site is the neighbor's home. Below the building site is the other lot that I have been trying to buy. Anyone would expect that the new house would be built to take advantage of the superb ocean view. But today, when the contractor lays out the blueprints, I almost shit my pants. The foundation has been formed with the house turned backwards with the windows facing away from the beautiful ocean view. The way the contractor has the house placed, the big view windows are facing the backyard, the hillside, and looking right into the uphill neighbor's home. This is 180 degrees from the way anyone with half a brain would build it. I mean, you want the lanai and the view windows to face the magnific magnificent view instead of the neighbor's lanai and their view windows, right? Hello? And they're finally scheduled to pour the foundation tomorrow, meaning that this layout will forever be etched in stone if I don't do something now. So here I am, four months into my project, thinking everything is rolling along, lying on the beach, playing golf, traveling and doing my best to trust that everything is okay, and man, it's not okay. I owe more than 300 grand on the project. We have exactly two months to build this the fucking thing, and I can't get a hold of my project manager, and the house is being built ass backwards. I cancel the pour for the next day and tell the contractor to go home. We can't build the home this way. No way. As I drove away, I am proud to say I called on Spirit for guidance. I yelled, God, help me. But my mind was panicking. I called Rosalani again. No answer. I left a message as calmly as I could, requesting an emergency meeting with her the next morning. At this point, I don't care if she returns my call or not. I will show up at her office first thing in the morning, period. As I drive, my mind is racing. What would I do? Only hours before I had been again, I had again been swimming with the dolphins, feeling peaceful, serene, and connected to spirit. And now this. Thank goodness I realize my, I'm feeling and sounding like a victim, and I take a couple of deep breaths. My next urge is to call my father. He'd know what to do. But a stronger, deeper part of me informs me to handle this myself. The bottom line, really, is that I can't lose money on this project because of how fast the market is appreciating. In fact, I think if I were to sell the unfinished project just as it is, I would probably still make a good profit. I, again, I ask Spirit for help. Guide me. I call Candy, the realtor, who sold me these lots, and ask her what she thinks this lot is worth, complete with building plans and the grading that has been done. She says... I'll make good money if I sell it as is and admonishes me, just as my father has so often, about not trusting a project manager to oversee such important things. Later at home, I share all this with friends, and they join into the negativity, implying, I told you so, which I take to mean, you can't be this free of obligations, nobody can. 
But as they tell me this, I don't go down that road with them. A new part of me stands apart and observes how the negativity is happening. In their confused love for me, they are encouraging me to see the darkness, not the light. Don't they understand? We cannot fail. It soothes me that I can see this even though they cannot. I wish they could because it would be easier on me, but at this point they just can't. Pay attention to this moment. And yet, while all this trouble is happening with the building project, I sit here with my friends making the stencils for the new numbers on my race car. Racing, as you recall, is one of the lifelong dreams I've realized since coming here, and the Big Island Oval Track Association has granted my request for the number 43, just like Richard Petty, the king of rock the king of stock car racing, my all-time favorite driver. So the message is, stay in and pay attention to the present. Right at this moment, do I have a problem? No. Am I working on the numbers for my race car? How astonishing is that? March 19, 2004. You can laugh all the way to the bank. It's 8.30 a.m., time for the emergency meeting with Rosalani, my project manager. When she walks in, I know she can feel my tension. I'm pissed and I want answers. Yes, last night I'd calmed down some, but my fears have gotten the best of me again this morning. I want to say, how could you let me down? How could you treat my project with such neglect? How could you destroy my dream? Why do I keep trusting people only to be screwed? But before I can say any of it, Rosalani says, I want to talk first. I know you have much to say, and usually I just let an angry person blow off steam, but I want to do it differently. Will you let me speak first? I'm surprised, almost relieved, because I am so pissed I don't even know where to start. Okay, I say. She begins by stating that during the night, she'd considered just writing me a check for the whole project and washing her hands of me and the apparent debacle. But more insight had come to her. She decided instead to emphasize her belief that our project was intended from spirit, born out of spirit, and therefore spirit-driven. She reminded me that the fact that we had ever met was a blessing and that the whole process was born from God and therefore could not fail, no matter how it looked to the, quote, world. I say, yeah, but the thing is being built backwards. No, she insists, the project was started and is being built by spirit. But, and now I have tears in my eyes. She continues, if God wanted to be, wanted to be built the other way around, it would be. We don't get to judge God's work. We don't get to say how and what we want is delivered. Someone is out there right this minute praying to build and buy a home just like yours. They are waiting for this exact place to be built and delivered to them by God without their even knowing it. This is a work of God, Rosalani states firmly, and you told me this is what you do. And furthermore, she continues, you ask for someone to oversee your financial endeavors, and I'm doing this. What's the bottom line, anyway? 
to prove that spirit can be the unlimited source of my abundance and financial support, I say. I can feel inside me a powerful knowingness stirring. Precisely, Rosalani continues. And you're going to make lots of money and be supported in your important work of spreading God's light around the world. And you'll be lying on the beach and playing golf and racing cars and showing others that they can do the same. If only they would believe and trust. But, I blurt out, what in the hell is this? It's a disgrace. Stephen, you know what you just said? Now she sounds annoyed. You just said, what in the hell is this? Well, I, for one, don't want to know what is going on in hell. Remember, she's a very Christian lady. She plants both hands on her hips, aims her words, and her sharp brown eyes right at me and continues. Is this how it works? We get thrown a curveball, so we give up on God, and then we give our energy to hell? No way. This is exactly what you are teaching people not to do. I stammer, but what will my father say when he sees it built backwards, when he visits in a month? How will I explain this to my friends, that I just let a home be built backwards on a beautiful lot? That they will think I'm, they will think I'm stupid. I mean, my father already called me stupid and crazy. She says, you can laugh all the way to the bank. Then she challenges me. So what's it going to be? I'll write you a check for the whole thing, profit included, right this minute, and we are finished. Or will you see it through? I know she's right. I know that, I know that stirring feeling deep inside me is my spirit telling me everything is okay, but my mind is screaming in fear. I love the feeling that I can just let go and let spirit do it all. I hate the feeling of fear and lack, don't you? All of a sudden, I have images of dolphins swimming freely, having not a care in the world, jumping for joy. They seem to say, you are the same as us, except you swim in the air. Be free of your fears. Fear is not God. I feel a powerful joy rise up inside me as I gently let go further. I reply, I'm in. Rosalani says, I have one more request, or rather requirement. I want you, no, I require you to rebuke the negativity that may come from outsiders and the world. They will try to shoot us down, and I cannot have you supporting that energy. You are a powerfully spiritual man. You must direct your energy towards the light to help me carry this through. Otherwise, I do not have enough energy to fight you and them, okay? Okay, I say. And I have a thrill of powerful energy surge through me. I know this is the correct path. This is what I have been teaching people for years, yet I still need to learn it more fully to take my own medicine. 
I'm still peeling the onion, and every time I think I've peeled off the final layer, there are still more. I hug Rosalani and thank her for her loving kindness and her wisdom and her willingness to share it all with me, rather than just wash her hands of me and my ignorance. You're not ignorant, she says. We are learning from each other, and you've provided me with an opportunity to glorify God. March 29, 2004. Remembering those days. Today I emailed my buddy Jimby. Man, I wish I could just fall in love again, like when, like when we were 17. Remember those feelings? Not a care in the world, not a problem except to be with her all the time. Remember those days? I do. And I haven't had any feelings like that in a long time. It seems that in most of my recent relationships, I've been in my head, not in my heart. In other words, my mind is trying to orchestrate it all. I've not let go, not been carefree and present. When is the right relationship going to happen for me again? Is it because I'm afraid? Is it because I haven't met the right person? Why has God forsaken me? I don't really think that God has forsaken me. I have forsaken myself by believing that there's no one for me and thinking erroneously that I need someone with me in order to be whole. This is another opportunity to take my own medicine, to build my connection to all that is, to believe all is well no matter what my mind thinks. I will allow everything to be all right, to feel whole and loved even if I don't have a life partner. I will love myself as if I had the perfect person in my life already. Incidentally, Jimby emailed me back and advised me to let go and put it into God's hands. Thank God for all the reminders. March 30th, 2004, Making Sense. I spoke today with my dear friend Kay and told her about my experience with Rosalani in the house building project. I explained, I explained how upset I'd been, wanting to call my father but not doing it, and then finally letting go of the control over the entire project. I felt I could tell Kay because she had seemed accepting and very loving in a good friend platonic way. Oh, how I wished it could have been more than platonic, though. At the end of the long story, which she listened to patiently, I got afraid and said, I hope that made sense, fearing that somehow she would judge me for my new approach to the seemingly devastating position I was in. It was then that she said these very simple yet profoundly moving words to me. It doesn't have to make sense. In my guts, I felt a jolt of release, of freedom. I burst into tears. What a blessing her words were. It was like unconditional love and acceptance that I didn't even have to explain myself to her. There was, there was to be no reckoning, no test, no further explanation required, just gentle acceptance and support. Bigger than that, though, was the question of why do I judge myself? Why would I say I hope that made sense? I know that I do this often, I know it's my attempt to gain validation and acknowledgement, but why am I relying on the outside to validate me? What a setup. This tells me I'm not supporting myself enough yet. 
I need to pick up my sword and shield and rise to the challenge rather than waiting for everyone else to approve of what I believe. And making sense is all about the mind, not about spirit. The mind is limited, spirit is not. Words are the mind's way of making sense out of our experience, and they are inadequate at best for describing a spiritual path. Just try to describe a beautiful sunset. You really can't. The wandering mind wants to know all the answers, and, of course, it can't. I'm so grateful for Kay's loving reminder. So that's chapter 11 of Leap, But How Will I Live, Eat, or Pay for Gas? A Journey from Fear to Freedom. If you're interested in doing this kind of work with yourself, I offer classes and um, they come complete with homework. And there's a workbook that goes along with my bestseller. And you can obtain those or more information on my website, www.stephenkeeler.com. Until next time, keep yourself well.